Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. This is your host, Terry Welbrock, and just wanted to take a second to again thank all of you who contributed to the fundraising drive for the Healing Place podcast uh, to help Fractured Atlas, our fiscal sponsor, is giving away uh, $21,000 bonuses to um, selected projects. So every time someone donated, we had an opportunity to uh, receive that. I don't know if they've distributed it yet. I haven't received anything notifying us so of of who they what projects they had selected, who they had selected. So anyway, I just wanted to send a big thank you before today's show. So another wonderful interview. And uh, again, I continue to celebrate that the Healing Place podcast is now in the top 2.5% of podcasts globally out of over 2.8 million shows. All right. Thanks for being here and uh, tuning in and joining us every week and for sharing. Now for the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock. And... I just was having a brief conversation with this upcoming guest before hitting record, and it's a tough subject we're going to talk about today, but I'm, I'm just so thrilled to have her here to help us all learn um, a little bit more about the grief process. So Michelle Benio uh, is Certified Grief Recovery Specialist, Early Childhood Parent Coach, and Founder of Good Grief Parenting. So welcome, Michelle. Hi, Terry. Thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yes. Oh gosh. And we have I we have so much we can talk about. I looked yes. at, at questions that you can you can cover as well as things that I had sent out to you. So if you could just talk to us a little bit as an introduction of good grief parenting and what, what your role is uh in that in that job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Good Grief Parenting is a parenting program for a group of parents who, in my experience, don't have the support that they need. Um, I was one of those parents. I lost a child, uh, a son who was not quite seven. And I had um, his little sister who was three and a half. And her brother died after a two and a half year journey with cancer. So we had been through uh, grief started at the point where their childhoods were uh, stolen from them and, and life was no longer parenting as usual. And my daughter was 15 months old when her brother got cancer. He was four and a half. So her early years were just not typical. And there was a lot of grief in that, in the um, not being able to have a normal, natural, happy, carefree childhood. But of course, then when he died, that was really um, grief as we knew we were going to have to deal with it for the rest of our lives. And my daughter said to me at the age of three and a half, mommy, half of me is gone. So she left no question in my mind that she was deeply, deeply affected by the death of her brother. And I, as it happened, I was an early childhood parent parent educator here in Minnesota. We have that program for preschool families in every school district. And um, 
I had had a couple of careers before my son was born. And uh, when he was born, I went back, I I thought I want to be in this parenting space for a career. And so that it was at that point that I'd gone back and gotten my master's in family education, so that I could be an early childhood parent educator. So to me, this was just a perfect situation. And when my son got cancer, I thought, or when he died, uh, particularly, I thought, okay, I'm in a space where the resources are, I know how to find them, I'll just go find them. And I'm going to help this little girl who says half of me is gone. Um, But there was nothing out there. There was nothing for me, there was nothing for her. She had her whole lifetime ahead of her. And there was no one who could tell me how to do it. And even though I had my master's in family education, we had not learned about um, losing a child and then having to raise a child who says half of me is gone. So um, I knew this was, as I said, 22 years ago. And at the time that I couldn't find the resources I needed, I... I thought, okay, I'm an educator at heart. That's what I do. Everything that I do get my hands on, I'm going to need to share. But it took me, my daughter is now 25, and I've been, um, I founded Good Grief Parenting uh, about five years ago. Um, It really took me until she was grown to be able to step out of my own journey and actually found Good Grief Parenting to offer parents the help they need that I didn't have, that I've been able to, over all of these years, through just finding every book I could get my hands on, every source that that has come along and just assimilating it all, putting it together in a usable way and a not too hefty, uh, you know, what do parents need? Just what do they need? Not everything there is, but just what do they need? So um, I'm the founder. It's just me. I work with, I have a program that I bring parents into called See Your Way Forward After Child Loss. And then I also do group and individual coaching. Beautiful. And, you know, I have to say, as you spoke, My mom, who's 86 and still alive, um, she has started uh, on on a journey of healing as well. She was an alcoholic my whole life, but she's been living sober. And we've started doing some healing work. And one of the things that she brought up was the fact when she was four, her two and a half year old brother died very suddenly Mm -hmm. of leukemia Mm -hmm. and how her, her dad took it horribly and just spiraled and, and her mom had a very tough time with it. And so her parents were very lost because of of Bobby's death. And my mom got lost in that process. And so is that part of it is that parents become so lost in their own grief, understandably? Yes, absolutely. It is, you know, I, I was an early childhood parent educator. So my when my son got sick and my daughter uttered those words after he died, I was poised to focus on her because that was the work that I did. Had I not been in that space, I 
I would have, I wouldn't have been as aware of her needs and as equipped as I was to feel like I could take them on. It would have been a very different grief experience for me. And that is where most parents are. I say that um, when we are parenting a young child, their whole lifetimes ahead of them, we think it's a happy, carefree time. And then we need to deal with grief, particularly the loss of another child who we thought we were going to raise. We're trying to do the two hardest things that we'll ever, ever be asked to do. Parenting, we all know that there's no manual under the best of circumstances, that's the hardest thing we ever have to do because there's so much love in it and challenge in it. Add to that the idea that you had a child that you loved who died and now you're expected, you're responsible for being a parent to this other child. And every time you're parenting, you're so aware that another child isn't there who should be. And so you're doing the two hardest things you're ever called to do at the same time. So I started out thinking, my focus is going to be on the child because there are grief support groups for adults and this and that. But you, I can't address one without the other. That parenting while grieving role is one that will affect parents for the rest of their lives. That sibling loss role uh, or uh, experience that your mom had, that my daughter had, will affect uh, those people for the rest of their lives oh. in ways that nobody really recognizes. I, I know that had a profound effect on your mother and um, on her for her own loss, but also, as you say, because often the child loses their parents to, to grief. And it's because the parents just don't know how to do both at the same time. Right. And that, mm-hmm. that brings me, well, one to say yes, because when she and I started working through her grief and I, you know, I just allowed her to start telling her story of what mm-hmm. she had gone through in childhood, which was so much more than that, but that was such a big part of it. Um, to know that here's this woman in her eighties who's mm-hmm. still becoming very teary eyed when she's talking about this little boy, you know, the, yes. this brother of hers that she loves so much. Um, mm-hmm. Even as a little girl, she has memories of him. Um, and it, it was just very beautiful and, and healing for her to be able to talk about him. And, yes. but the other part was one of the things we discussed before recording was that parents and children or, or adults and children grieve differently. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things you've discovered. And can you talk to us about that? Yes. Um, You know, as adults, we come to the experience of grief with, um, with experiences, skills, we're full grown, we have our resources. uh, And, and we can talk about what we're experiencing. What my daughter said to me at the age of three and a half is really amazing that she that she understood and could articulate it in that way that was so clear. Because typically kids can't can't tell you they feel these things 
but they don't really know what it is. And so the way that they're going to grieve is uh, two things that I would say that are so different about kids is first of all, that they're going to, that their behavior is a way that they grieve and sometimes, and it's not always, um, you know, real visible behavior. Sometimes it's lack. It sometimes it's they're quieter than usual. They're, um, you know, they, they're not around as much. Sometimes they become people pleasers because they're so aware of how hurt and fragile the adults are, and they don't want to create any problems. That's kind of what my daughter did was she just became so good as a two and three year old, even, um, you know, going through her brother's illness, she was not your typical um, kid at that age. But they might also behave in ways that you think um, you wonder why are they doing this? If a child has had, I will say, if a child has had a, a grief experience, a family has had a grief experience, if you can be sure that the child is experiencing their own grief. So don't wonder about it. And if you see a behavior that you're thinking, why are they acting that way? That's not typical for them. That's, that's probably, I mean, I can't say with certainty, of course, but that's likely how they're showing their grief. They may be, and they may, uh, a four-year-old, for example, might start regressing and acting more whiny and, and sucking their thumb and, you know, clingy like they were a couple of years ago doing things that you don't expect them to do. The other thing that kids do that really results in them not getting the support they need is that they play. They process everything that they do through play, and that includes grief. So sometimes adults will say, well, I think they're doing okay. You know, they're, they look like they're doing okay. They're just playing. They're seeming to be okay. Um, that's what they do when their little minds and their little bodies are sort of overloaded with emotion, they'll go play it out. Or when they're just trying to figure out what it is that they're experiencing or what they're seeing in their family, they're going to be just going and playing. When I would tune into my, even after my daughter said, mommy, half of me is gone. She did not act like uh, an adult who said half of me is gone would act. She was not mopey. She was not sad. She didn't cry a lot, but she played a lot. And if I would tune into what she was playing, I would hear her singing, oh, how I wish my brother were here. And she'd be singing about her brother. So um, those are things for adults to be aware of that children are grieving, whether you see it or not, or whether you recognize it or not. Wow, that's so mm -hmm. beautiful. I mean, to, yes, to just kind of pause and listen and observe and see mm -hmm. what it is. And mm -hmm. just like I worked in a mental health agency in the school systems and would work with kids and we would do a lot of play yes. uh, work together, but, but then also like what they're drawing a lot of times um, can also be an mm -hmm. indicator of, of mm -hmm. what they're going through as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good way to learn what is going on with a child and that, you know, is let them do some artwork and then not, you know, then let them tell you what it means because you, you will be surprised with what they come up with. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. A a story that popped into my head was when our daughter was, um, she's a teenager now, but when she was probably like six or seven and had a friend over and they were playing in her playroom area and uh, came around the corner and I was like, oh, what are they doing? They were, they were conducting a little funeral service Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they had all the stuffed animals and dollies and, you know, people were lined up and the one was at the top lying like on a table Mm -hmm. and uh, they had a book and they were pretending they were reading a prayer and saying this service for this animal. And at first I was like, Oh my gosh, why are they having a funeral? But then I realized, Oh, they're like processing adult Mm -hmm. And what they've seen and what they've witnessed, and maybe one of them was grieving about something or had heard mm-hmm. something that they mm-hmm. needed to grieve. And I just then then it just became a really, um, I don't know, beautiful moment to just witness these two little girls having a funeral for. So we asked questions and said, you yeah. know, well, what happened and and just talk to them about it. So perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. And you know, your your initial reaction is what we do as adults, we for a child to encounter something having to do with death is just kind of appalling to us. And we have to keep in mind that to the child, it isn't that way. It's a fact of life. And so when they, you know, when they're aware that someone has died to we feel the whole weight of what loss and death mean. We know the permanence of it. We know the long-term nature of it. We know that these feelings we have, we're going to carry them for a long time, that we're going to struggle with the emotion. The child doesn't know this about death. And so one of the biggest mistakes that we make as adults is to Um, is to try to protect kids from experiencing it. And for you and me, many of us, one of the reasons why things are are harder for us when we're adults is because we weren't helped to learn about them when we were young and just learning about all kinds of things in life. And so when a child has occasion to experience death, it's it's really helpful to introduce them to the concept of death and to use the words, not to soften it with all the euphemistic things that we say as adults, but to say, um, you know, grandpa died, um, his body stopped working. He can't do any of the things that he used to do. You know how you used to love to play with grandpa. He can't do that anymore. He can't talk. He can't see, Um, you know, his body doesn't work anymore. And for them to experience a funeral is a good thing. You know, a lot of times we question that as adults, should they experience that? Um, They learn about the the ritual of what happens when someone dies and and kind of the the way that we um, commemorate the ending of a life. And so those are all things for kids. We don't want it for them. For my daughter at three and a half, there were so many times I just did my little temper tantrum moments where I thought I don't want this to be her life. I don't want this to be her experience, but it was. So I needed to help her with it. And that's, um, that's what we as adults need to do. You said you talked to the girls about it. That's perfect. Let's not avoid it. Let's, and then 
ask them questions and let them tell you, because sometimes we also kind of assume that we know what they're processing and why and what they're thinking and what they share with us may be quite different than what we thought. And so um, those are just, those I think can, as adults, we can just relax a bit. We don't like the topic, but we don't need to be afraid of it and protect kids from it. Right. So Mm -hmm. now do you work with kids directly or do you work with parents and then teach them processes and how to work, how to, how to help their own children? Yes. I'm, I'm a parenting focus. So I work with the parents. I don't work with the children. Um, My goal is to help this adult who is going to be raising this child for the rest of their lives to understand who this bereaved sibling is. I call them a sibling by heart because my daughter had one sibling. It was her brother who died at the age when she was three and a half. So she grew up without him, but she was a sibling, is a sibling her whole life. And so I, for me to understand what that meant for her and all of the times that she would experience secondary losses because she should have had a brother that she didn't have, um, made a huge difference in the way that she grew socially because bereaved children feel different than their peers and nobody sees their people don't see who's missing. Um, People don't understand how it's impacting this child, but so many things that they experience as they're growing up is reminding them of this loss and giving them, um, you know, an, an experience within which to be aware of an absence. And so as a parent, the more we understand how it affects our child and the more that we get help with our own responses so we can be present for our child and give them the support they need, the better it will be for, uh, for, the, for families as a whole, especially when a child is so young and their whole, uh, you know, the family's whole future has been upended and it doesn't need to be this um, devastating never to recover from family event that it can be for so many families. So yeah, it's really parenting skills. I have uh, four aspects of parenting that are part of my good grief parenting approach. Yeah, And um, the first, the first thing is to, for parents to become aware of what they think about grief and then to sort of uh, correct the ideas we have about grief that are not helpful because a lot of what we believe about grief and a lot of the ways that we cope with grief um, really aren't helpful for healing. So I start there with this um, understanding that, that grief is, that's why I call it good grief parenting, that grief is actually something good when we recognize that it is how we are to heal and that it's normal and natural. And we need to just allow ourselves to feel it and go through it and how we can do that as a family. It's not either, or it's not either the parent's grief or the child's grief. It's we're going through this together. And then the second, I call them heartbeats, the second heartbeat of the um, 
good grief parenting framework is based on the um, idea about grief of continuing bonds, which is that carrying forward the relationships we have with that child that who died is important. And we've already talked about the importance for the sibling because they will, if a, whether adults talk to the child about their sibling who died or not, and many adults have grown up without that ever being discussed in their family. Um, they may have lost a sibling when they were young and no one ever spoke about that child again. But if you talk to the adult as an, at now, they will tell you they carried this forward, this pain, this relationship, and there are healthier ways that they can carry that forward um, by just being allowed to, to recognize the bond and continue it. Um, and the third piece is essential messages. That's the other piece that children need when they've lost a sibling is to really be given the essential messages about themselves and who they are that remind them that no matter what their parent is feeling about this other child and about how difficult it is to parent having lost a child it's not about the child who's living. They are precious, they are capable, they are loved. All of these essential messages that adults sometimes don't know how to give kids and need help to just be intentional about making sure they are helping kids to know that. And then the, the fourth piece that we work on is choice actions. And it really is just, um, you know, we, we learn a lot of, of parenting skills about a lot of aspects of parenting in good grief parenting. And it's when we recognize, um, you know, all of these pieces that can help us be better parents and help our family heal better and, and have more hope and live forward. That's the term I use, live forward toward bright possibilities and joy. Then what are the choices that we're going to make? about the actions we're going to take and things that we're very intentionally going to be sure we do in our family so that we can um, go forward with good grief. And so that's the fourth heartbeat. Wonderful. Well, and as soon as you started talking about number one, I had a question in my head yeah. and I was just kind of holding on to, and then you just answered it because I asked, I was going to ask, or is it a really important aspect to allow the child to have a choice or children, the siblings uh, who are still alive to mm -hmm. have choices. Um, like, and what I, what I mean by that is recognizing that sibling's birthday or um, mm -hmm. being able to talk about it, you know, at dinner time or whatever it is. Um, is that an important part? The choices? Oh, so important, not just for the child, but also for the parent. And sometimes, and especially if we were uh, adults who grew up in a family where no one talked about grief and loss, then we didn't learn to do that. And we learned kind of that it's not okay. And so then we don't want to do it. And we're afraid of how painful it will be if we do it. One of the first things I do with parents who come into my program, um, my seven week program called See Your Way Forward After Child Loss, is I have them write out and share if 
they want to, their whole story about their loss, and just face it and recognize that um, that it's healing to do that. Yes. When we finally do allow ourselves to face it and talk about it, um, it you know, we're afraid of the pain, but there's much more pain in holding on to it than there is in expressing it. And so, um, you know, talking about it, being open about it is going to be more healing for everyone. For the child, it is the only, it is the way for them to continue the relationship. One of the stories that I tell about my daughter is um, that when she was going into first grade, she was going to go to a new school. And she uh, said to me, Mommy, if David were here, would he be in my school? And I said, yes, he would be. And she said, oh, or, or no, she said, um, yeah, she she asked me what grade he'd be in. That was how she, she asked me what grade he'd be in. And I told her, and then she said, oh, good. He'd be in my school with me. And she just took such pleasure in that. And I thought, but he's not here. He's not going to be in your school with you. But just the idea that if he were here, he would be was just a wonderful thought to her. And so that's an, ex and she always kept track of him as her big brother going before her through school, even though he wasn't there. And the year that he would have graduated from, um, from high school, she drew a picture of him in his cap and gown. She, he was the valedictorian. She made him the valedictorian in this picture, but she was always carrying him forward, remembering how old he would have been, that he was her brother going ahead of her, even though he died in kindergarten and really, you know, wasn't there, but it brought her a lot of, um, comfort and, um, yeah. So, and of course me too. And every year on his birthday, we go get a French silk pie because when he was really sick toward the end of his life, he loved French silk, silk pie. And there were a lot of things he couldn't eat. And so he got to eat as much of that as he wanted. And we celebrate his birthday every year with a French silk pie. And so um, yeah, there are a lot of memories of him in our home and a lot of things in her life and mine that have kept him present. And it's been a very healing thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Well, we talk so often on the show about uh, trauma recovery and adverse childhood experiences mm -hmm. and the impact of those experiences on children. And mm -hmm. one of the most healthy things is uh, being able to, I, I call it releasing that stored negative energy and doing yes. it through journaling and writing and in whatever ways are possible. And you gifted your daughter with that, you're gifting mm -hmm. other children with that. So mm -hmm. it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important yeah. to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and even, I mean, you're gifting parents with that by allowing them to, to share their stories because it's just, well, writing is so cathartic and just mm -hmm. uh, being able mm -hmm. to share it is, uh, is just a healing, a healing modality that's yes. used by many. Yeah. Yes. And the bigger piece of that, that is, a, is really an important part of why I'm so, uh, <sighs> 
committed, passionate about the work I do is that when children get these gifts as a child, they grow up to be adults who can give these gifts to other adults. And we know that we need this in our society. The, one of the most painful things for anyone who's lost a significant person in their life is the relationships that you can end up losing because your friends, sometimes even other family members, do not know how to be present with you. They don't know how to support you. They don't realize that just listening to you and allowing you to talk is one of the most important things they can give you uh, to to gift children with an understanding of grief and that it's something we can speak about and not hide is um, is life changing is uh, world changing. And so um, it, it really is going to help those people grow up to be adults who are happier and able to support others in their lives during hard times. Yes. Oh my gosh. I remember you just made me come back with a memory that I had totally forgotten about. I was talking to a little girl and I don't even know how, like her parents, her mom was there. Um, but anyway, she brought up the fact, you know, in these introduction uh, that her brother had died. Mm -hmm. And I, and I remember just saying to her, what was your favorite thing about him? And she went on and on and on and on and on about her brother. And I just remember yes. thinking like, she really needed to talk about this and share about her brother. I don't know what compelled me to ask her, but an angel whisper on my shoulder, but yes. something. <laughs> That is so wonderful because most people wouldn't. One of my clients was recently telling me about her child being in a, uh, her four-year-old being in a preschool class where they were talking about their family, drawing pictures. And she drew a picture and she included her dead brother in this picture. And she was saying, there are six people in my family. And the teacher was correcting her saying, no, honey, there are only five in your family. And so but there are six and that's, you know, what the family, um, that's how the family sees it. I mean, yes, there are six. One of them isn't living in the home anymore, but he's a member of the family. So this awareness that, um, you know, that we talk about it, that we keep it present. And then parents or Teachers and friends' parents are some of the people who are most uncomfortable sometimes. You know, they might hear a child talking about this and not know what to say to them. So I just really commend you that you invited her to, to think about this person who was gone. You didn't avoid it in any way. You invited her to think about it and then tell you something. And that is the biggest gift for anyone who's grieving you know, the biggest gift we can give them is to share with them a memory of the person if we knew the person or to ask them to share a memory. And all of this keeps our loved one alive. But yes, that's just that's just wonderful, Terry, oh, awesome. that you, um, uh, you know, that you did that with her. And if and that's why I say to adults, you know, it really isn't hard at all to make a difference with kids about how they experience grief. It's just um, letting go of our reservations about it because kids are so open 
kids are not thinking um, about it as a horrible thing. They they will tell you good things if you give them the chance to about the their loved one who's gone. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's all, it's starting to come back in little flashes because I don't remember exactly what she said, but I remember something about blueberries and shaving cream. Like there was, there oh. was just, and she was just cackling and throwing her head back as she was telling. So it must've been some memory of, of time with him that yes. she just thought was hilarious. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. well, is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Um, I really just did, do want to reiterate with adults who are around young children who are grieving that um, giving that talking to them instead of protecting them is so important. And the best way to do it, because then we say, okay, Michelle's telling me to talk to them. What do I say? Ask them. Um, when I lost my son, I went to a grief support group and I learned that I shouldn't hide. I shouldn't be afraid of my daughter seeing my grief. Don't hide it from her. Let her see it. So I thought, good. Okay. I can do that. And I did that. But the thing that no one told me that I am now telling other adults is ask the child about their own grief. We did a good job in our family of being aware of grief and being aware of David. But I didn't ask my daughter a lot. I'd tell her how how I was feeling, but I didn't do a lot of saying, um, are you missing David today too? Or asking her, when do you miss, what do you miss the most about David? Or as you did, Terry, what do you remember the most about this person and inviting them to tell you what's on their minds. So it is very simple. We don't need to have anything um, really to say to the child to make them feel better. And that's the other thing. Our job when a child is sad and grieving is to listen to them and be present with them, not to try to make them feel better, because the best thing to do with grief is to feel it and to allow it. When we try to make everybody feel better, they're not coping with their grief, it's still there. It just goes underground. And so let's let kids talk about it, say, yes, it is so hard that he's gone. I am so sad too. And just acknowledge it and let them talk about it. So that's, that's the biggest piece of advice that I would offer um, that is so counter to what we naturally as adults want to do with kids when we, when they're experiencing grief. Right. When it makes so much sense that people are like, oh my gosh, we need to protect them, protect them, protect them. Let's not talk about it because then it will just upset them, but they're, Mm -hmm. they're upset already. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not doing them any good at all by not talking about it, what you're doing is leaving them alone with it. And that's a scary place to be. That's why when parents are unable to connect with their child, it's scary for that child, their security is shaken, mom and dad aren't there. So don't worry about being the perfect parent, or doing the right thing, because you can't and you are grieving, just uh, acknowledge so that there doesn't 
so that it doesn't become an elephant in the room. Acknowledge right. that we're all really struggling right now. That will be a relief to the child because they know that what they're feeling is normal and natural and the adult is feeling it too. And then reassure them, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Yes, I'm really sad right now. And so are you, but we're not going to always feel this way. It may take us a long time, but we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So how do, how do people get a hold of you, contact you? My website is goodgriefparenting.com. I'm also on Instagram at Good Grief Parenting. And those are both good places to find me on my at either one of those places. You can also get my Good Grief Guide, which just sort of outlines some of these things that I've talked about, including specific ways to talk to young children about grief for any adult who wants to support a, a young child who's grieving, not just parents. So go get my Good Grief Guide um, again again at goodgriefparenting.com or at goodgriefparenting on Instagram. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so very much for being here and thank the beautiful you, work you do to help to help guide others along this journey. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Wonderful to meet you. Yes, you too. You too. Thank you. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope strategies. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.